Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness, and opportunity in VFX, animation, and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation, and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Hi, my name is Kim Ash, and I am a senior pipeline developer at MPC. Hi, my name is Adriana Williams. So Kim, what is pipeline? What does a pipeline developer do exactly? So pipeline is a type of software development that's specific to VFX. It involves programming tools for saving and storing and moving around different kinds of assets that visual effects artists create. Um, I spent a lot of time making custom tools for artists uh, to help them do their jobs better and to help them solve problems that they encounter. Awesome. Cool. So what does a technical information specialist do? Um, <laughs> That's a good question. So essentially I do a lot of technical support. So I provide first line and second line support to um, the artists, our producers, um, executives. Uh, I can help with like simple things like helping people change their passwords. Um, I do a lot of application support, so Adobe applications, Maya, Houdini, things like that. Um, I also create software packages, so if we get a request for some new software, I will package it up and um, deploy it to specific OSs, um, as well as I do security patching, um, cable and hardware, hardware maintenance, and I spent a lot, a lot of time in the terminal. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> I think that's definitely something we have in common. Yeah. I also do a lot of packaging up of software and stuff, but in a different context for the pipeline, which is always a little bit different. Yeah, Kim actually uh, adds features and um, cool stuff. I just like take software that's available and I package it up so people can actually use it. So if Kim creates it, I can like, deploy it essentially. So how did you end up at MPC? What did you study to get here? What brought you what brought you in the door? <laughs> I actually didn't study computer science or information technology in school. I actually have a bachelor's degree in media communications and illegal studies in technology. Um, I've always been interested in computers and programming, um, but I just never, I was never brave enough to study computer science. I always thought it was like super hard because it had a lot of math um, involved in it. And I'm not too good at math, so I kind of stayed away from that and went more towards the media side, which I took a lot of Adobe and, you know, editing classes, some computer design classes. Um, But from there, um, after I graduated college, I actually ended up working at Apple and I got exposed to like hardware repair and I just was hooked from there. I really was interested in pursuing a career in engineering um, and technology. And I just, from Apple, I just kept um, learning self-study and I found this job at MPC online. And I thought the job itself was a great entry point to transition myself from like technical support into an actual engineering role. Um, but yeah, what about you, Kim? How did you get to MPC? So it was kind of a long roundabout journey. 
Uh, I've always been kind of an interdisciplinary person my whole life. I've been, like, even since I was a, real, a little kid, I've always been into science, technology, but also art. And um, so when I was in, when I went in college, I studied both physics and studio art, uh, which is, I know, kind of a weird combination. Um, but these were always two disparate parts of my brain um, that... I always, that I had to reconcile, and so I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, but after afterwards, I was kind of left with this odd sense of like, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> For a while, I was working in e-commerce, doing marketing stuff, and it really wasn't what I enjoyed. Um, so, and at the time, I was commuting a long distance and one of my, my good friend from high school, um, she was a compositor and I used to hang out with her and her friends all the time because they had these kind of late hours and we, you know, I would get home kind of late so it was, they were always ready to have dinner when I wanted to have dinner and that's how I learned about the visual effects industry. Um, and some point after grad school I had a gig at a company that does, um, experience design and I would and they specifically built um, interactives for museums and corporate clients mostly museums wow. so like if you go to a museum and you know like they have those touch screens that you can do stuff that's what that's what I did so oh, I that's built cool. <laughs> touch screens and um, it was only a contract gig so eventually my contract was up yeah and my friend Leslie, who was the one who was the compositor, happened to know that her company, she was at MPC at the time, um, was looking for a software developer. And it was a good, seemed like a good fit. And yeah. I applied and I got the job. That's awesome. Um, so what do you think are like the pros and cons of your job? Like, what do you, well, in the, we've kind of covered what you do, mm -hmm. but like, how does that, um, what are the parts that you like and don't like? I really like the fact that um, it's a mix, right? I'm doing a lot of the things that I have skills in, but I'm also being exposed to things that I don't know how to do. Um, I've been with MPC for a little over a year, and I think I learned more this year than I did when I was in college, which is insane. But it's just, this is the type of environment that... Um, is here where you, you just have so much opportunity to learn different technologies. There's like video engineering, there's uh, systems engineering, hardware, there's just so much pipeline that I didn't know about <laughs> until I got here. So that's one of my favorite things is just the team dynamic and just the opportunity to learn. I think um, John is probably the best boss I have ever had. Um, and he offers a really supportive environment. Everyone is really supportive, and I have so many mentors. Kim, you're a mentor to me. Um, John is also low-key my mentor. He doesn't know, but I've, I've learned so much just watching you work, watching John work. You don't even have to say anything. I just can see what you guys are doing, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try and do that. <laughs> it's challenging being a part of a global company sometimes. Um, there's cultural differences and there's a time difference, so sometimes we don't all see eye to eye on how to like come up with a proper solution. 
um, and then there's a lot of back and forth and sometimes it because of that things don't get done in, in a, an efficient time frame so that is one of the things that I don't like mm -hmm. that I wish that or hope that it will improve with time um, but yeah what about you yeah, I definitely agree that sometimes one of the, the hardest things about working in this company is that it's so big and so global and spread over all these time zones where we don't know what people are doing at any given time or like things happen when we go to sleep mm -hmm. that we don't know about. And um, it, this is particularly challenging for me as well because I'm the only software developer in the New York office. So yeah. a lot of the time I'm running around trying to solve a lot of different problems and the rest of my team is in London or LA or Bangalore at any given moment. And, you know, like sometimes they have a solution that isn't what I'd like them to be doing yeah. and um, vice versa. And, you know, I try my, we try our best to communicate as much as possible, but it's, it's really hard to keep up with everybody. I do love problem solving. Like that's a thing that I find really awesome. Um, it's just it's like doing puzzles every day mm -hmm. and like every day is a new puzzle and it's yeah. really easy to get sucked into it yeah and I love working with our team because everybody had everybody brings something special to the table yes. everybody has special knowledge and experience from outside of MPC and from when they worked at other jobs mm -hmm. or like their weekend hobbies yeah. like I learned a lot from you about how the Macs work and like I've always used a Mac, but I never knew as much about like the little strange quirks and yeah. you always have a really, a, a lot of knowledge about these little strange things that can have a big effect on how things work. Mm -hmm. One of the great things about everybody, I, it's the first job that I've ever been to where I pretty much like everyone that I work with yeah. and I've gone to visit two other NPC offices and I felt the same way there and it was really nice to meet a lot of people who just love yeah, what they're doing. I think the good thing about working for this company is like you have a lot of really talented like smart people. Yeah and everybody's really fun to hang out with like this is the only place where I've actually wanted to go out with people after work. And What's your work-life balance? Like, do you actually have time to hang out with your friends and family? Because I've seen you here late sometimes. Um, so what's that really like for you? Well, I mean, I do hang out late sometimes. Uh, maybe too late for my own good, but as I said, I like solving problems. Um, one of the nice things is I'm, I'm a native New Yorker so I have a lot of friends and family here um, it's it's easier to see people when you don't have to go very far mm -hmm. you're also a native New Yorker I am I'm from Brooklyn I'm born and raised um, I think that starting like initially when I first started I was spending a lot of late nights just because it was just so much to learn and I really wanted to be able to contribute to the team um, so I was staying here you know, later than I should have, um, just to get all of the stuff down and finished and accomplished. Um, but after like my first few months here, I think I started to balance it out. I am a strong advocate for organizers. I do use my calendar a lot and uh, I do schedule things with people like my friends and family. Um, I usually do things like after seven, I go to the gym a lot, um, big, big fitness person. Um, but I do hang out with my friends and family on the weekends. I do like 
meetups. You you go to meetups too. Um, yeah, it's a great way to learn new skills. Yes, especially like, if you want to study something that doesn't get covered at work as much. Yeah, I do a lot of like you know tech meetups or like board games. That's my big thing. I'm a big board game person. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I love. I'm I'm such a nerd. I, I like um, like chess and Scrabble and those type of like fun old school games. Mm-hmm. It's good to have like a balance too, because like I feel like if you're only about work, then it, you can get burnt out. And it's it's good to have a balance sometimes and just take a break and like just stop. Just be like okay, this is work is done now. I accomplished what I needed to do for the day or week, and then just like really, you know, give your full attention to your friends or family and just be really immersed in whatever it is that you're doing. It's good to have like hobbies outside of work. Yeah, I I I'm also an artist and I maintain an art studio outside of work amazing. and it, it helps because sometimes like even though there's a lot of creative stuff that goes on here and I do some creative work in my job sometimes I need it's a lot of the, the creativity that I use is more towards problem solving or like how do I make the UI look pretty <laughs> yeah. and make it usable um, but sometimes it's really nice to kind of have a thing that allows me to mentally let go and yeah. I think of all these things, hobbies and working out and all that stuff, like having that that mental space is so important to preventing burnout mm-hmm. of any sort. Yeah, and, like it helps you have a different appreciation for what you do every day. Yeah, that's good. Do you know what you want to do in the future? Like, what are your goals and dreams and <laughs> I <laughs> all think, that fun stuff? Yeah, um, I think. Like short term speaking, I would love to get promoted as an engineer. I want to take on more responsibilities and work on projects. Um, I, lo- I want to get into doing like DevOps type work. So it's like a little bit of actual software, but still like engineering. Um, I think long term, I would like to do what John does. I want to be a technology <laughs> manager. Um, no, but I honestly like every, like what he does in, is exactly what I see myself doing in like 10 years. like. A te- leading a technology team and like just motivating and like mentoring like my employees to do the best that they can do um but yeah what about you what do you what are your goals like short term what are you trying to do now in the future i would like to be able to build kind of simulation tools like different kinds of like water simulators or like a um, a scale, like a tool for making scales on a lizard or mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and I would love to do more of that kind of work, uh, shaders, things like that. Um, I, I also want to kind of make my art practice more serious so that I can kind of, maybe it's really crazy, but I sort of want to have a more dual job life, mm-hmm. you know, um, where I get to do lots more creative stuff and um, lots more and still continue doing the technical work which mm-hmm. kind of keeps me very occupied and yeah. thinking all day. So Kim, you're like pretty experienced. Um, what type of advice would you give someone that wants to be you, be a pipeline developer and just like try to do what you do? Um, I would say, I would tell them always take the weird experimental projects. Um, there will always be a few of those, and I, I end up getting a lot of them. And 
you know, sometimes they don't work out and they don't end up in production, but you end up learning uh, new skills, um, new things you had to look up in, you know, different programming languages or styles, dealing with something, um, and, you know, sometimes you could potentially become an expert in an area that other people don't know much about. The other thing I would say is it's so important to share knowledge. Mm -hmm. like when you learn something new like that, make sure that you have documentation, mm -hmm. um, write out, you know, like write out instructions, make a video, something, because sometimes when you have this important knowledge, like you'll be on vacation some days yeah. and you want people to be able to do work without you. And it also helps because you could help spearhead a new um, project or something like that. And it also builds team camaraderie and it's really great to, yeah. like, if you help somebody, they'll help you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, how about you? What do you think? What kind of advice would you give? Let's see, for someone that wants to do what I do, um, I would say um, just try, just keep trying. If you're interested in doing what I do, um, I didn't go to school um, specifically for this. I did a lot of self-study. Um, the internet is like a great place to learn. Like you can literally Google anything. Like you can learn a lot of stuff on YouTube. There's so many free resources online. Um, Stack Overflow is amazing. It's amazing. Um, there's Coursera. There's the EDX platform. There's just so many free things that you can actually like do to learn what we learn or what, mm -hmm. what I know what you know um, a lot of it is with experience right trial and error um, don't be afraid to fail failure is you need failure to progress as a person um, so if you don't know how to do something and you just it, you just keep trying until you figure out um, so my advice would be to just keep trying yeah I think that's really really important like the, the idea of not being afraid of failure because we all experience little failures yeah. every day and if we got upset every time then we wouldn't be able to finish the job or fix yeah. the thing like yeah there's so much stuff that I didn't know how to do it I'm like I don't know how to do it but I'm just googling it on forums until I find something and I try it until it works I have to tweak it a little bit but I don't. I didn't know a lot of stuff, and I still don't know a lot of stuff. But that does not stop me from like trying new things or like continuing to fail until I don't fail anymore. And you've learned so much. I've seen yeah. you like, and coming here is kind of crazy because it is. like everything is so customized, yes. and there's a lot of stuff that we can't find the answers to on the internet. So yeah. like it's important like all of us have learned how to ask each other and ask yes. other people for help yes. i think asking for help is like something that more people need to learn and yes it's a lesson i learned everyone needs pretty to late actually yeah. i ask people for help all the time and i message people on teams or slack i email them and if someone says that they're an expert in whatever it is that I'm working on, I will message them and ask them for advice um, and like point me into resources that I can use to help me figure out like how to solve whatever I'm working on. So definitely that is great advice, Kim. Um, asking for help is always good. Awesome. I'm so glad that we had this talk today. Yeah, this was fun. I think it's time for us to go home. Yeah, I definitely have some board games that I gotta go play, so.
there we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring program and events we're at, then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening. And until next time, bye.